JC Proxy Radio, where we discuss the unidentified, the unexplainable, paranormal, conspiracies, and much more. Starring your host and co-host, Jenny Nicasio, Sean Kelly, and Jason Sledgehammer Ryan Petro. Brought to you by UPRN Network. Now for your host, Jenny Nicasio. Good evening and welcome to Chasing Prophecy on the UPRN Radio Network, FM 105.3 in New Orleans, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. I'm Jenna Nicassi, along with my co-host, Sean Kelly, Jason Ian Petro, and our special co-host again this evening is Joan Ventry. Hi, guys. How are you today? Good evening. Happy Torture Tuesday. Yeah, Torture Tuesday. Why don't we talk about the scope of abnormal of always having gremlins on Tuesday? Yeah. Right before we go on here. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know but it does happen seems like it happens more than um more now than ever so for the uh, listeners that have no idea what we're talking about right before every week it never fails right before we come on something's failing someone's camera microphone computers it, it doesn't matter it's always something tonight it was sean's camera didn't want to go on and then my mic wouldn't let my headphones work that's and the Hinsdale sudden, house, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, those yeah. spirits. You That's the Hinsdale house. house behind me. Yeah, I'm well, on the you, front lawn right now. Uh, you bring that stuff <laughs> home. Yeah, I got a I got a tent set up. I stayed up here since Friday. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Nightmares. Well, I watched it, so we're going to discuss it on our second hour tonight. So, guys in the audience, if you have Hello, any questions. Jeff. If you have any questions for um, Sean and Jason, make sure you put them in the chat. We're going to be doing that in our second hour. Um, so this is, uh, what is this, September 20th, uh, 2022. So we're on a multiple networks this evening. Um, so if you have any questions, please post them in the chat. We'd be loving to hear you. Okay, tonight we have an interesting show. Tonight um, we're going to go ahead and give the floor to um, John, and you're going to go ahead and introduce our guest tonight. All right. Thanks I'm taking. If you notice, I set up this time at a different angle of my haunted basement. My yes, I, basement. I see that. That's very. I, I got my buddy, power. my buddy Dracul behind me. Oh, is and, that Dracul? Yeah, and and you oh, see I thought that was Sean for a second. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> There's no beard. It could be him. That's him when he shaves. And then you see Clint Eastwood over here as a zombie. Oh, is that who that is? Yeah, I got some cool stuff, and then. You got the predator alien stuff on that second shelf. John, but, where do you get all these things at? You know, uh, catalogs, and I used to go well go around to all catalogs, of the. What um, would you say? I said catalogs. What's that? Catalogs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, everything's be, on the internet now. Well, this stuff is old. I mean, this stuff is 15, 20 years old. But a lot of it is that going to comic cons and horror cons. I do. Oh yeah, you do that a lot. And huh? I always find the model and say, "Hey, that's cool," and I, I buy it and I put it on the shelf. So, oh, all right. Go tonight's, ahead and introduce yeah. our guest tonight. All right, tonight's guest is a friend of mine from New Jersey, Joe Foster. He grew up on Long Island, and I spent uh, I think eighteen years on Long Island, not too far from him. And then he he uh, moved over to New Jersey. He's been in the Coast Guard, the FBI, and a couple of positions in banking. And he was just a speaker at our Bucks County uh, UFO conference, MUFON conference. And he talked about uh, Monmouth, New Jersey UFO uh, cases. So Joe Foster's our guest tonight. You want to bring Joe on? There he is. Um, Hey, Joe. Hey, Hey, 
Hi, everyone. How you doing, Welcome Joe? to Torture Tuesday, sir. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> so, Joe, tell us, I guess the best question to start with everybody is, how would you get involved in the UFO field? You got kind of a, you know, an impressive background there, you know, executive type stuff. What are you doing, like me, what are you doing in UFOs? Uh, I was basically born into it, believe it or not. As a hybrid? It goes back, it goes way, way back, yeah. Um, actually, it goes back before me, even. it goes back to my mom. And uh, so it's been kind of something I've been living with uh, most of my life. Uh, okay. Matter of well, fact, pretty much all of my life. Tell us a little, what happened to your mother? I mean, my parents, when I talked to them about this stuff when they were alive, my, my mother would laugh and say she's not interested in UFOs, you know. And actually, I uh, try to think, was my father, yeah, he was alive when I got involved in this in 98. But, uh, yeah, tell us what happened with your mother. So how did this progress? Uh, it all started out. My mother had an experience when she was in her teens. Uh, she grew up uh, in uh, Pat uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey. She went to uh, Batten High School. And she graduated two years after uh, Connie Menger. Uh, Connie Menger uh, uh, graduated from there. Who's uh, that? Uh, <laughs> Howard Menger's <laughs> second wife. <laughs> Who's? Howard Menger. You know, uh, oh, the, Howard uh, Menger. Okay. Yeah, I got you. second wife. One, my mom went to school with her. So. Okay. Yeah, he was a big UFO debunker. Uh, well, the, 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 you know, his, his legend lives on. Uh, Highbridge, uh, they just pulled out all stops trying to reinvigorate the story of Howard Manger. Was Manger uh, part of uh, MJ-12? Was he one of the names that was in that or that was before the, him? No, he, he, was, um, he was the one that was originally uh, associated with Val, Val Thor. Oh, Val Thor. The Valiant Thor story, yeah. yeah. It goes back to he had a conference on his farm in Highbridge. Oh, I back, remember that. Yeah, and back Val, in the fifties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Val Thor was there, and was that where he met the? It was Val, and they had that famous picture, right? Yes. And, and it's Val, the uh, female, and the two guys. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Well, anyway, the story goes. You know, it, it's uh, drummed up more interest. Uh, the uh, the Highbridge folks are actually trying to, you know, get some get the story together. It, a lot of it's disjointed. So, yeah. uh, but it is an interesting sidebar type story. Uh, you Typical know, 1950s. Yeah, that's another uh, urban legend that I have trouble saying I believe the Valthor story. You know, mm -hmm. I looked into it a, a year or two ago and I did an episode for my YouTube channel. And, you know, I don't know. The one thing that stuck out with it is that Valthor, he said that we were born without fingerprints. And they gave us fingerprints so they can identify us on abductions. Isn't that a cool idea? Yeah. So where did he come from, Balthor? Um, Venus. He was, uh, Venus is the story. I mean, uh, if, you, if you follow the story, he was a uh, uh, Phoenician. Uh, he and his uh, people spent time. Supposedly, he met with uh, Eisenhower. He was the first one to supposedly meet with Eisenhower. Yeah, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not an expert on Val Thor or yeah, yeah. Howard Menger. <laughs> yeah, they, he landed his craft over in uh, a little south of D.C. I can't remember the name of the town. It Down in Virginia. In mm -hmm. Virginia, yeah. And it was cloaked. And it was funny thing. He would be. He went and met with them, and they put him in a cell. 
but he was able to like materialize and leave, but he left the hologram. <laughs> you know, I mean, for, for, you know, 1950s, it's creative thought, you know, he left the hologram. So they thought he was in his cell the whole time and he'd go back to his ship, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. And, you know, the guy, he had, what do you have? One lung, he lived 400 years. Uh, they had no fingerprints. Uh, he met with Nixon and, you know, Nixon was the lead guy. And then, um, you know, yeah. he met with Eisenhower, but he, he stayed exactly three years. The day he arrived, I think it was like March 23rd, and, and they left on the exact same day, three years later. Yeah. And, you know, then you get into the whole, we are, you know, let's hold hands and sing. He wanted us to give <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to give up nuclear weapons. They'll give us technology and medical cures if if we don't go to war again. Give a, you know, this is some left wing liberal that writes this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always the same thing. It's they 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 come here, you know, and they want us to give up all our weapons and and you know and they'll clean the environment for us. Yet they've never done anything. They'll give us cures. Why didn't they cure a? forget about AIDS. Why didn't they cure uh, COVID the, the last two years, right? Yeah. They didn't cure that. So I, I don't, these, some of these stories to me, it's just, it's BS. It's BS. <laughs> and Balthor is another one. Yep. But I yeah, like, the, well, I well, like a lot of creativity. People, a lot of people have uh, really made a uh, nice living, I think, going out and talking about Balthor. Yeah, it was uh, Frank Strangers. I've never know. heard of this character. Yeah, yeah. Well, get this, get this. The author is Frank Strangers. That you know, you couldn't. Okay. Strangers. Yeah, yeah. That's Strangers. his name. He was strange, and that's his name. He, he made Stranger up a Strangers. strange story. You know. Oh, you know what? There was more to that though. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, have you ever talked to uh, 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 George Filer about it? No, no, you know, that would be a good one to talk about it. But I do a presentation on it and I've, I've forgotten a lot of the, the facts with it, you know. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't, uh, I'm trying to think, wasn't uh, the military guy involved with it was one of the people on Project Blue Book, though. He was the um, niece, I mean, the niece, the nephew of uh, Admiral Byrd. His Doctor Bird I did hear yeah. something about that. Yeah, Isn't yeah. the same guy that was um, said the Earth was flat? Yeah, could be. yeah I think I think it's Earth or, or Middle flat. Earth. Yeah, but you know, if you go to uh, Dunkin' Donuts, they tell you Earth's a donut. <laughs> you know, I got a picture of donut-shaped Earth. You got to see it. Oh my. It's, it's a it's a donut, and everything <laughs> falls up into the middle. And there were people who said the flat Earth and the donut Earth. You know. Uh, Ray, uh, Ray Parker, is that his name? The guy from uh, Amazing Stories put put that out. It, a donut-shaped Earth is what Earth. It could be. I just Sean, like you're real quiet. What do you think about this? I like app? cinnamon donuts. Um, I'm, I'm just absorbing all this wonderful... Uh, Sean is Sean's saying it to himself. I'm trivia. saying it. He's I, saying, I, what Sean, is MJ-12? Wait a minute. Sean, I don't even is, know what MJ-12 is. No. Sean, Sean is saying, I'm staying in the in the ghost field because these UFO people are crazy. No, <laughs> no, 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 I like how, how about one of you two explain to him what MJ-12 is? Yeah, yeah Jeff, please. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, the MJ-12 uh, magic was formed after 1947. Uh, of course, that was it was predicated upon the crash at Roswell. Mm -hmm. And uh, Truman had the a brain trust put together, 
and they were supposed to be looking into the uh, all aspects of the UFO uh, phenomenon. Um, there was a lot of warnings, I guess, by MacArthur and various other people saying, you know, we're going the next war is going to be uh, intergalactic. <laughs> so uh, Magic Twelve, they had uh, your top scientists. You had, uh, you know, uh, uh, all your your top people in the intel community. And they were pretty much calling the shots, apparently. And now it's gone on, and it, it continues to this day, supposedly, alle allegedly. allegedly. So, um, yeah, the people that were involved with it, Teller was involved. Of course, he's the father of the H-bomb. He had uh, a lot of famous names. Vanity oh, yeah, Bush. yeah, yeah. Gigantic names. And Forrestal. And, you know, Forrestal, you know, yeah. You know the story with Forrestal? Uh, his yeah. uh, alleged his alleged uh, suicide. Yeah, alleged. well, he's a, he's the first secretary, was he secretary of state? Secretary right? of uh, defense. defense. Yeah, okay, he's the fir our first secretary of defense. A few weeks earlier, he's recognized and, and the president gives him medals and you know, all of that stuff. And, and then uh, at these MJ-12 meetings, he believes the public should be told about UFOs, and he's and he was said he's gone public with the story. So uh, this, then the story becomes he has a nervous breakdown. Well, he was fine a week ago, you know, and uh, they commit him to Bethesda Naval Hospital. Naval Hospital, and, and nobody could go see him, and they put him on the thirteenth floor. And the staff said, in his condition, he should be down on the first floor, but they put him on the thirteenth floor, and. Uh, LBJ was the last person that went to talk some sense into him. And after he left, the staff, his nurse, doctors were pulled off the floor. And then supposedly he loosely tied a sheet around his neck and another sheet. And he jumped out the window. And of course, that didn't hold. And he fell to 13 floors. They actually hit a canopy that was three stories up. So he actually fell 10 hit the canopy and, and he died but there's scuff marks uh on the windowsill and uh you know it just you know it, it has the appearance that he was thrown out the window that was the same time that the cia came out with their manual on how to kill people and they the manual says Jeez. you have to be at least six stories high so he was up on he was okay, up on the third. He got him up to the eighth floor anyway. Yeah, yeah right. And if you go throw your wife out the window, make sure it's it's not the second or third floor. It ain't gonna work. <laughs> right. So Jay, do you have any floors. questions? Uh, well, you know, like uh, John said, I'm kind of stuck on the paranormal side because these UFO guys are crazy. They are. They so are. I'm, but I'm you know, we. Take a little bit of notes for right this moment. From what I've seen, <laughs> the UFO people spin the best tales. All right, Joe. Well, you know what? Tell... I, yeah, I, I might have had my own, uh, you know, a couple times. I, I don't, I don't want to say I did or didn't see a UFO twice. Once was in, when we went to Gettysburg, Sean. I uh, caught this thing in a picture. It, it's yeah. odd-shaped, and it's just kind of stationary. I wasn't sure what it was, but the – uh, probably the best experience I had, if it was UFO or not, I'm not sure. I was actually driving to Detroit, and I was on the highway, and uh, it was it was dusk. You know, the sun's going down, but it's still light enough. And there was this bright light out of nowhere in the sky, and it just faded and disappeared, just poof, gone. <laughs> I, I have no idea what that was. It wasn't wow. an airplane or anything of that nature. And I was like, 
Did I just see UFO? Now, I don't know. Question for the UFO guy. Now, when uh, UFOs supposedly take off or like in the air, do they leave a sonic boom behind no. them? No. I've never... Uh, I have never heard of them having a sonic boom. Uh, the ones I've now I've seen myself uh, five occasions, yeah. and uh, the one that I found very interesting. I was about maybe six years old, and uh, actually saw a UFO uh, that made the zigzag. This is back in the fifties, and it made the right angle turns, and it went at an extremely high rate of speed. And there was absolutely no sound associated with it. And so that, that is kind of, and what they're talking about now, you have people like Jack Sarfati and some of these big names in the physics, you know, physics world. And they're talking about space-time and how bending space-time, it, it totally is not in the realm of physics that we understand. So we think about acceleration, you know, jet aircraft, uh, doing Mach 4, Mach 5, and these things going at what seems to be Mach 15. Well, it's not going and breaking the speed limit or the, the sound barrier. <laughs> so you have to say, why? Why is that? So it must be something along the lines of, you know, that space-time. And, and that's physics. I mean, that's pure Einsteinian physics. So that's above my scale. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they, but they are, but they are looking at uh, power sources now. They're looking at use of metamaterials in order to give that type of capability. So when we're looking, when they're talking about tic tacs and the Navy, I, I, I can't help but laugh every time I see the thing about the Navy, you know, releasing information about the tic tacs that they're, they're uh, you know, that they're seeing and they're capturing on gun cameras or. Uh, Fleur, whatever, that's an old hat. The Navy has been checking on this stuff. I, I actually, when I was in the service, I actually made acquaintance with a uh, gentleman that worked for an organization called FICPAC, which is Fleet Intelligence Central Pacific, located at Pearl Harbor on Ford Island, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. And uh, I had three sightings. We had one that was actually reported uh, 1969, it was during the Apollo 11 mission. And where I was, my ship, we were in the middle of the Pacific Ocean on Ocean Station Victor. We had three objects fly over the ship at 3,500 miles per hour, per hour in July, August time period of 1969. So that's not anything that was a, a normal uh, aircraft, something that was, and I got that validation from a uh, from a, a an astronaut that I worked for, when I worked for a company called MTC, later be acquired by BAE Systems, and uh, he was actually the astronaut on the STS-48 mission, which was a, a high-profile uh, UFO uh, mission that they captured the UFO on a a remote camera in the bay. And it was transmitted down to Montreal. It was captured by a cable company. So, I mean, this stuff has been going on for years. But it, what we're hearing has little to do with the reality of where we're at, probably, or what the or what the vehicles actually are. Big thing in New Jersey right now is uh, I'm I've got uh, I've got 68 pictures that are going to be given to me 
of UFOs that are flying over the uh, uh, Forked River nuclear power plant that was closed down about two or three years ago. So these things are daylight, daylight objects, and they're incredible pictures. So what are they? You know, and, and they're flying, again, beyond the pale of what we would expect from normal aircraft, quote unquote. So there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, Joe, I had always heard it was the Navy and the NSA doing all the research and the Air Force uh, and the CIA were the public view. And yeah. yet the real work was being done by the Navy. Yeah, uh, the yeah. Navy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, as, as a matter of fact, that that gentleman that I knew from FICPAC back in 1970, uh, where he was working... Bobby Ray Inman was a lieutenant commander there. Okay, so, and of course, Bobby Ray Inman went on to run the NSA, and he was the deputy director of the CIA, you know. And he doesn't poo-poo the story about UFOs. Now I know why. What this gentleman told me, when I told him about the sightings that we had that we recorded, he laughed. And I thought he was just laughing at because of a UFO nut. But that wasn't the reason he was laughing. The reason he was laughing he said, because we get thousands of reports like that every year just from U.S. Navy ships. Yeah. Okay, thousands of reports every year. So, and this was 1970. So, you know, do the math on it. And so but, what they're releasing is, what yeah. they're releasing is, is, is a pittance. So what, but what do you think about the fact that the Pentagon now forms this new group and it's got a new name? I think I saw that today. They changed the name again. AARP or something. <laughs> it's actually, you know, that's what it is. I, I think that's what the initials are AARP or AAPR, something like that. But the Navy is also duplicating everything the Pentagon does. The Pentagon is the spokes group, but the Navy is, again, the, per the group that's actually going to do all this work. But they were always doing it. You know, so how much yeah. can you believe? Yeah. You know, that's the problem. Are they telling us the truth? Or are they showing us our technology for whatever reason they want to? I think shows? it's just our technology that I they're showing. I agree. I think it's ours. Okay. Well, uh, you know, uh, I think it was Bob Wood that said we're probably fifty years beyond where we think we are. Oh, I, I mean, agree. We, we sit here. We we hear about what the, you know they're launching rockets to the moon or whatever, but we're probably fifty years beyond that, and we're probably doing some very esoteric. Uh, stuff, you know, that space time, I, I keep going back to that because now what they're saying, and even generals are saying it, we can, we can travel in time. Yeah. Time is no longer, you know, uh -oh. uh, verboten. Yeah. No, that's Jenny's, that Jenny likes that time traveling. Huh, Jen? Yeah, I do. I think <laughs> it's fascinating, but I don't know if we have the technology to do that. I, I, I don't think we do. Well, the portals, you know, these portals are all over the place, like what they're doing at the Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you think it's our porters or, or just something that no, like no. Skinwalker my, Ranch, I don't think is a like a time traveling portal. Well, my 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 thought is the portals are naturally occurring. Yeah. Okay. And if they're naturally occurring, all you have to do is understand where they're at. And, you know, if it's a wormhole, the wormhole, you go in one end and you come out someplace else. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, this is Einsteinian, uh, you know, th this is relativity. It's, it's not even going beyond relativity. It's just figuring out 
how to get to what uh, Einstein was talking about. You know? Okay, now, and I think we're close. I think we're very close. Now, do you think CERN had anything to do with portals opening up? Uh, actually, interestingly, the CERN, uh, the guy that runs the see my and this antenna right here, uh, it's an InfoAge. We actually operate a radio telescope there. And the guy that's in charge of it is the head of the Princeton Physics Department for Electrical Engineering. Uh, and he actually goes to the CERN. He spends a couple of days every month at the CERN working on, they have two detectors. So all these, everything that's taken place with the, uh, you know, pr uh, particle physics is coming out of there. It's coming out of Brookhaven National Lab. It's coming out of Chicago. And they are actually able now to create miniature black holes. I mean, they don't oh, last very long. Yeah, they, they don't last very long, and they're very, very small. And, of course, the fear was now we're building bigger and bigger uh, particle accelerators, and they're thinking that, yeah, we're going to build something that's going to swallow us whole. You know, that would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, could it happen? Uh, probably it could. I mean, there's all types of rumors. You know, they're going to increase the size of the CERN by another 14 miles or something like that. Well, Ooh, hopefully they do it a little at a time. So if one day all of a sudden CERN disappears, <laughs> you know, you know that, well, they got to the point they made it big enough that it ate CERN. It ate everything. <laughs> it left us alone. <laughs> that would be interesting. No, it is. It's a fascinating time. In 2012, that's when they uh, they discovered the God particle, the Higgs boson. That was the 12th particle in history that was discovered. And he thought this was going to be the be-all to end-all. But you know where we're at now? We're up to 57 particles. So between 2012 and 2022, we're now up to 57 particles. Now, most of them are not very interesting and they're short-lived but now every once in a while they come up with something that is interesting what type of breakthrough it's going to be who knows you know these guys are very very smart uh, hopefully not too arrogant because <laughs> otherwise maybe we will be end up being swallowed yeah imagine if they uh make like a a black hole and it just doesn't disappear you know it just starts it sucking everything in and just grows and grows and grows and then we just implode, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like a sci-fi movie that we're living in right now. That's yes. how I look at it. You, really that's do. actually a good point because I think it is too. Well, I, I've always thought that we've been to the planets already. We have that X-37B, a remote control space shuttle, and I'm sure the uh, Solar Warden, what was found, those six different craft that belong mm -hmm. to us and the space officers that we have. And, you know, you look at the trillions and trillions of debt that we have, you, you know, where did that really go? I think so much of it was funneled off for this, you know, yeah. because once you can establish a colony on the moon or Mars, you know, earth almost becomes a little expendable because the species will survive. So if you've got to go to war with Russia and China, and a lot of people die. Well, we all we know we got people on another planet. You know, it's not like we're all going to die. Or if an asteroid, you know, a planet kill is going to hit Earth. Well, there are people elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you know the optimum number for the Earth. 
according to the Rand Corporation, it's 500 million. And just like the Georgia Guidestones that got blown up yeah, two months that. ago. 500 million there, too. Yeah, yeah, that's what it said. I couldn't believe I was getting ready to go out there in the middle of October. I'm going for a wedding, and I was going to stop there and see them. And I they were good. They're gone. They're and gone. I booked it, and they blew it up. Somebody blew it up. <laughs> Who do you yeah, think I blew it up, John? What was that? Who do you think blew it up? Uh, I don't know. There was a uh, candidate running for office, a Democrat, who said that that whole thing was demonic, and she put a call out to destroy oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, I oh, is that, that Stacey Abrams? No, it wasn't her. It was somebody else. And the next thing you know, she said that during her campaign, maybe a couple of months earlier, and then next thing you know, somebody blew it up. Well, I have a funny feeling that you know, right now there's a war going on. You have the globalists against the anti-globalists. Right, yeah. And and the globalists are following the, the, the Rio Accords and the Agenda 21, now Agenda 2030 and Agenda 2035. Wow. Depopulation is a part of that. And a lot yeah. of people, I think, are very concerned about it. And I think the COVID was all part of that. And I think the blood clots that people are getting who got the vaccine, you know, the, 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 the older, our generation, the older generations being killed off, you know, because look at all the money they save on Social Security, oh, Medicare. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're not productive anymore. We're living off the system that we created. Oh, you saw Harari. Uh, Harari's the, he's like the number two man with World Economic Forum. And he came out and he said, you know, we only need 20% of the earth, uh, the world population. The other 80% are non-productive. All they do is eat food and, you know, use up resources. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he I mean, actually said that two weeks yeah. ago. Holy crap. I, I'm not making this up. <laughs> it depends what, you know, what's his version of productive. You know, yeah. uh, you know, I got news for you. You know, I grew up really poor and poor people are happy. <laughs> they are. <laughs> They got good marriages. They have sex all the time. You know, oh, poor people are happy. They can't afford to do anything else. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> they watch they watch horror movies. So that don't make them bad people. <laughs> so oh, I don't know that, that came in from right field there. I wasn't expecting that one, John. <laughs> well, you know I mean, I'm mean? just trying to say poor people live very uh, happy lives. You know, they, you know they don't the drive way, Jaguars, but they, they're happy with their you life. Know, the way I look at it, is I'm happy I wake up the next day. And <laughs> if we're going to get bombarded with whatever in the hell is out there, I, I can actually say I had a good life. Yeah. Seriously. Did you I say mean, you had a good wife? Life. life. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Who, me? <laughs> hey, my son's mom is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, I had a good life. So why? Yeah, I mean, I've done I've done everything I wanted to do. Why anyway. why do why do we have to worry about it? The world's going to end by one little tic tac or a black hole or whatever. I mean, I, I take I take offense at these people with their billions, you know, the Gates and the others deciding uh, who should live and who shouldn't and who's worthwhile and who isn't. You know, mm -hmm. uh, who are they to determine this stuff? You know, right. who was China to release that virus? They did it for a reason. You know, I wrote the first book in the country on COVID, and I put my reason in there, but it's very political, and you know where I stand. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there, there's these new China uh, bugs they just saw tonight on Tucker. Uh, what are they called? Those little 
they're destroying the, oh uh, yeah the uh, yeah the lantern bugs yeah they're destroying oh. what are they? Arms, um, they are a, a plague they are a plague they're the smartest bugs i've ever seen they anticipate if you're going to try to crush them they say you have to crush them because they're kind of impervious to most of the <clears throat> supposedly the uh, don't work were they were they engineered by china Probably. You can engineer anything now. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't trust But they're here. They came to Pennsylvania first. And so that's where they're mostly they said in the, they said they came over yeah. in rocks from China. Now why yeah. would we Probably be getting shipping rocks containers. from China? Oh the shipping containers, sure. Well, yeah, what an easy way to get you know to, to spread they're not the first ones either. China. Will those big hornet things, those the stink things, kill them? Well, yeah, but remember the stink bugs came from there too. That yeah. was ten oh, years yeah. ago. They came yep. from China. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was like a company steel. I worked for where uh, we would get uh, crates from India, and there'd be crazy-looking spiders and snakes that would come out of those. So, I mean, yep. it happens. <laughs> you know, it's just a matter of if they're able to breed and you know. Oh, make God. Them. Well, it's an. It, we're now, uh, you know, a, a global society. You know, we're going to share everything. We're going to share our bugs with you, too. That's, that's, that's that could change, though. You know, I think at, at some point, I think our Congress and, and Senate really do want to put the screws to China. And they realize we're supporting an enemy with everything, you know. But they it, it's become so political, you know, that if you, if you go after China, you got to be a Republican, you know. So it's... <laughs> You know, you got to do what's right for the country, and then they're just not doing that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, well you know, I'm going to throw, throw a monkey wrench in here. <laughs> Go ahead, throw a okay. monkey wrench in there. I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in there. Did you throw it? Where is it? I don't see it. All right, so. Oh, here okay, we so we, you know, as far as we know, the aliens are working with the government, our government, right? Now, mm -hmm. is it possible? Is it possible that there are negative? bad aliens working with our with China and Russia is it possible John you want to take that or uh, I don't think they're working with China and Russia I think we cut the deal first with them and and we allowed them to do their abductions of people and cattle and all the other things and they gave us technology which all of a sudden started popping up with you know Kevlar and lasers and all these other i think we cut the deal uh, i think if russia or china did have that they would be they would use it you know against us now, i tell you the wild card in this whole thing that i the country i don't trust is iran they're so cocky mm -hmm. and and i and i think as though they got something you know i think that that ufo in 1976 that that went down. Remember the pilot who chased it and is yeah. it locked up? He couldn't fire on it. Well, that UFO law all of a sudden started. You know, it started coming down and 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 crash kind of crash landed behind a, a hill or something. And then you never heard what happened to it. I think they got that and they've back engineered it. And that's why they're so damn cocky about you know the way they go about things, challenging everybody to do something about it. You know. Well, you remember a couple of years ago, our top of the line. Uh, drone. Drone. Yeah, they got it. They they, wrote... they captured that thing. They they hijacked it when it was flying a mission over yeah. over Iran. They were and then they back engineered the whole yeah. thing. Yep. They're now selling that to the Russians. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I just oh. hope, you know, like I said, I had a cousin, a two-star general in the Air Force who told me, John, we got stuff Russia and China don't have, and you could sleep good at night. Trust me, he said, we're way, way, you, you wouldn't believe what we have, you know? And I think that's true. And I think our Space Force started in 1982, not with Trump, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and we've been, I, you know, and Joe, what are your thoughts? Hudson Valley and Phoenix Lights. Oh, were okay. they ours? I think they those were ours. They were so yeah, blatantly I'm... out in front of everybody. No, you're over a you know a, a nuclear reactor, and the military don't show up. No, nothing. You know that yeah, was you, our you, stuff. You, you know, it, it, there's an argument for that. There's also an argument against it. A lot. If you draw a straight line, uh, okay, the sightings that are taking place now in Pennsylvania, if you go from Indian Town Gap draw a straight line through uh, uh, Pine Bush up there in New York, mm -hmm. you see that there's a lot of activity in that quarter, right? Yeah. Also, there used to be, uh, according to uh, Bruce, Cor Bruce Cornett, uh, he did about 12 years of study of that. And some of the things that he found, first of all, there was a special operations airfield uh, that was used for classified type of work that all shut down when they bracked uh, the air force base in rome where is it rome or whatever well anyway a lot of that stuff kind of went away but the one thing that he found was that there is an anomaly that's under in a cemetery and it's the size of a triangle okay uh, it has the exact dimensions of it and they used ground penetrating radar to identify it, but it's in the shale deposit, 12 feet underground. Hmm. And this thing actually, when there's a certain configuration, he said there is a radio, uh, uh, that it starts sending out a signal, okay? And, you know, he swears that this is accurate. And they, he's got all the, if you, if you look at his book, he's got everything laid out very, very scientifically. So if it's, something that's not ours it may be something that's been here for a million years just like the black knight you know the black knight yeah. satellite yeah you know there's a lot of stuff i mean there's an argument for and an argument against. you never found out what that was it's still flying around out there the what black the black knight yeah uh yeah it's supposedly been there for twelve thousand years but uh, the, the nasa explanation is it was a well, piece of fabric or cover fabric. Uh, that it that got got loose from a shuttle or whatever and just started you know well, but it was, it's, wasn't, it's, it, wasn't it around it, in the 1800s though yeah know. it was actually discovered it was actually discovered uh by an astronomer back in the late 1800s yeah hmm. you know you, you got to take everything nasa nasa gives us with a gigantic grain of salt i agree i mean they are you know that if there's a there's a conspiracy of a cover-up. They're part of it. They're not going to refute it. You know, they're but going Joe, to everything. Going. Everything I've you know learned or heard about alien species or, or these hive mentalities. You know, it's it's that one-world government where they come from. You know, one military, one-world government. They control everything. It's it to me, it's very communist. You know, so. It, it, it seems like if something shows up or they do show themselves or they 
they, they cut a deal. We're going to all follow them because they're superior, right? They got here. They got to be superior to us. And we're going to follow them in, into a hornet's nest. And, and, you know, this country, we're going to lose our freedoms is what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think part of the problem is let, let, let's kind of extrapolate. The U.S. The militaries of the world, okay, the military industrial complex is not just the United States. It's in Russia, it's in China, it's, it's all over. And they feed on one another, okay? If you have fear, you can get budgets and more equipment. It, it, it's a scam. To me, it's a gigantic scam. Anyway, the, the, the problem is that if this is in fact the case, our technology is a joke. Mm. If, you, if, you, if you weigh it against, let's say there are 57 different varieties of, of alien cultures that are visiting us in, in various stages. Well, their technology is so far beyond us, even if ours is 50 years further than we think, they could still be so much further along that there's not a thing our military can do. So what do you do? You spend trillions of dollars on defense. Now they call it, uh, what are they calling it now? Uh, global defense. And they're getting ready to test, you know, moving a an asteroid that is threatening us, okay? And it's all part of the space defense that the world is building. Well, it also could be, again, something that is extraterrestrial, and that is a threat. Maybe it is a threat. We don't know. But again, maybe that's the reason disclosure is not coming the way we would like to see it go. If they if they brought out the truth, maybe the truth would be so, you know, damaging to us psychologically, they can't do it. I mean, it'd be worse than World War Three. You know, yeah. I, I I used to think we could handle it, you know, because, you know, the Brookings Institute, all of that said we couldn't. And I said, nah, you know, we've come a long way, baby. We can handle it. But I just don't trust that the version they say is going to be the true version. You know, I think it's going yeah. to be the version to support the globalists, the new world order. It's going to be mm -hmm. their version that gets uh, told to us. Have you ever thought that maybe the new world order is the design of the extraterrestrials and we have no choice but to oh, follow yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's some, not the case. Somebody's calling the shots here because this every society, culture, everything's changing quickly and uh, in a certain direction. You know, you get all of corporate America now, all the media, they're on one yeah. page, you know? And it's, it's the freedom fighters and the patriots that are, are on another page. Yeah. Yeah. Well, UFOs are UFOs definitely exist. There's no doubt about that. The question is, what are they and who are they? Who owns them? And maybe it's a hybrid of everything. You know, there's some that's ours, there's some that's theirs. You know, but the thing is that since they exist, we have to look. We have to live with them. Okay, the way we're existing right now may be the best thing that we could be doing at this point. You know, because we can't do anything else. Joe, how do you reconcile that? you got a firm belief in aliens. Um, how do you reconcile that with creation and God? Because uh, the, there's, nothing, me, the, there's nothing said about life on other planets. Uh, I, I, I mean, personally, my own, my own belief is that they're not mutually exclusive, that life permeates the universe. You know, I can prove, I mean, we know now that there's 100 billion planets that can harbor life. Okay, that have the have the capability 
we know it now because uh, uh, even if we went back to Frank Drake's equation, yeah. he had a hundred million just in our galaxy. But Joe, but that means you would have to believe that evolution is true for life to just pop out of nothing on these planets. You know, a lightning strike hits some chemicals, and you got all, yeah, all these things start it. growing. You know, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not convinced that that's how it works. You know, to me, it's I, all intelligent. It's all intelligent design. It's just that, you know, our our you know, our experience is very small. It, it's what we have on Earth. That's that's our entire existence. I, I, but if you I, think I, about glow, I mean, if you think about it universally, why would God just waste his time with one little insignificant planet when he has an entire universe? That's what I say. There's he's created yeah. all. <laughs> it, it's still God. He don't have a budget. He could just create what he wants. He wanted to make That's a right. trillion. He made a trillion stars. You know, he can make five trillion. You know, yeah. I, I always said, you know, in one of the books I wrote that it would be cool if, let's say, God put one planet in each galaxy because there's 200 billion galaxies or more. I, f I forget the numbers. It, it, life on only one in each galaxy. And then he sits back and sees, does anybody get it right? <laughs> you know, and that it would still be, you know, hundreds of billions of uh, of planets that, that are well, populated. Well, you want to hear, I mean, because I'm working this radio telescope, I've started really paying a lot of attention to, you know, what's happening with the James Webb. I mean, you know, that that thing is absolutely amazing. The, the knowledge of our universe grows exponentially just about every year. I mean, there was one uh, one event that took place back in the 80s. An astrophysicist took his time on the Hubble telescope, and he pointed it in a direction where there was absolutely nothing. It was just blackness, no indication of cosmic clouds, no stars, no galaxies, no nothing. And when they when they went through and they analyzed the data, increased the known mass of the universe by 25%. And what he looked at was the size of a pencil, okay? It's like looking down a tube about the size of a pencil. And that gave us 25% more mass. That means more stars, more galaxies. Now the web, the web is taking that even, that's growing exponentially. And what we're going to be learning over the next year or two years or five years or whatever it's going to be mind-boggling, and, and but it to me it's still it, what it does. It magnifies the power of a supreme a supreme being or a, a the the intelligence of the universe makes it stronger. It doesn't make it weaker. You, you're not you know? too far from Dr. David Jacobs over in Temple. He's retired since. Right. Do, do you agree with him with the hybrid program and it's very negative and they're here to take over the planet? That was always been his belief. Uh, it, it, you know, there's a logic to that. Uh, there's a certain logic to it that if you want to, you know, if you have the tools, okay, and let, let's say you're in an advanced civilization and you wanted to take over, you know, you, you need to you know, propagate your own species, but you have to do it in such a way. Do you do it through a global war, you know, where you can destroy the planet that's the object of your interest? Or do you do something, you know, funky, like take a little gene splicing and 
you know, you create the hybrids and you don't even know the invasion takes place and it's over before you know it. You yeah. know? Well, it would be to replace us, obviously, and keep the planet because it's so rich in uh, everything. You know, yeah. you got a got a there's a question here. Do you think mm -hmm. that aliens interfere with situations between different countries to either help or create conflict? That's from Tommy Miller. Um, I, I'm going to say that it's probably the opposite. That uh, there's probably more of a uh, of a observation and you know let kind of things pass in the direction they're going to without letting it go too far. I mean, are we going to wipe each other out with a nuclear war? That might be a good reason to interject and, you know, kind of bend everything away from that. Uh, we won't, we don't really know. During the Cold War, we had 88 separate and distinct opportunities to have World War III. Well, as a matter of fact, we came so close two weeks before the end when the Berlin Wall came down. We probably came closest at that point to nuclear war since, uh, you know, the uh, the Bay of Pigs invasion. But people don't realize it. So what stopped it? You know, was it just uh, we had a heads up and our, our anti-submarine warfare was able to turn it? Or was there something more? You know, it, who knows? You know, but the fact of the matter is we didn't have a nuclear war. Yeah, you know, 88 I, times we didn't have it. I've read and there's been, you know, different accounts where like in uh, Chernobyl uh, that they said an alien showed up and it kind of sealed something there and then kept it from going out of control. And, you know, what happened to Fukushima? It's Fukushima. like all of, a, all of a sudden that thing is leaking all over into the ocean. And it's like, OK, we're not going to talk about this anymore. What happened to it? Do you have any idea, Joe? Yeah, I know it's it's the wor it's the worst accident uh, in the history of the world. Yeah, we don't talk about it, but it's still there doing that. So what you know, I don't know. I don't want to go yeah. to Japan. <laughs> well, you know the, the 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 plume of debris from that it reached our shores five six years ago. Yeah, and now Fisher being you know being born with two heads. And, oh my God, you know, there's, two there's, heads. There's, <laughs> yeah. Well, if you like fish head soup, that, that could be a, a positive. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't like fish head soup. Yeah. <laughs> so, Joe, how did you how did your mother get involved? We got we got all the, we started off by getting your genealogy here, but we never got to your mother. What happened uh, with her? She uh, always complained about well a couple of things. First of all, she had some type of weird indentation on her skull. Okay, not sure what caused it. She didn't know exactly what caused it, but she also has a one. She had a one hundred and sixty IQ. Oh wow! Yeah, she, it was to the point where you could barely communicate with her. I mean, the the the, the gulf between was so great, um, and she always seemed to be at the right place at the right time. She had a, a very interesting life. I mean, she was an artist. She went to Cooper Union. Uh, you know, she's from Elizabeth, so it's, uh, you know, well, anyway, the thing was, when she and my dad got married, uh, they decided that they wanted to become farmers. Now, my dad was from coal mining country. My mom was a city girl and uh, fancied herself being an artist. And uh, so we moved around quite a bit because neither of them were farmers. Neither of them understood 
what went into being a farmer, how tough life could be, especially if you're trying to just get started. You're, you're just trying to learn. And uh, so anyway, we moved to the farms and it seemed like interesting things followed us. And uh, at least three or four times, uh, the, the one incident that I had that I called the Navy Road incident was uh, an ammunition depot, Earl Naval Ammunition Depot in Colts Neck. They stored nuclear weapons there. And the pier facilities was 13.2 miles to the north on Raritan Bay in New York Harbor. And uh, what they used to do is move the munitions by train and truck. But you always knew when they were moving something interesting because they would have squads of armed Marines at the crossroads. Okay, so they'd be holding the traffic up. Everybody, all the locals knew what was going on. And this one time is we had a daylight sphere flying along the Navy Road during, <laughs> during the day. And, uh, you know, it, it was always one of those strange things. So I wrote an article years later. That happened 1958. And in the 90s, I decided to write an article about it just to capture it. And it was in a uh, British magazine. Okay, I made it to a British magazine. Interestingly, now Earl was the site that Gary McKinnon first broke into. Mm. Now, why would he go into that one? Nothing was going on. They barely had, you know, technical support there. It was an ammunition depot, but that was it. But anyway, Gary McKinnon, he broke into that one. And once you get into the enclave from a communications standpoint, he was able to get through other yeah. NASA, other military bases. And of course, he came up with where he got that that listing of non-terrestrial officers mm -hmm. that came from Earl. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, all this stuff kind of winds through. The UFO activity that, that attracted me was in New Jersey. We had started with that. But that was only a tip of the iceberg. You had what George Filer had. You had all types of sightings now, even today, after they moved. All the nuclear weapons were moved back in the 90s from there. But you still have massive amounts of sightings. How, yeah. I'm sorry, Joe, but how does this? How does your mom fit into this? Oh, my mom is just. She was just kind of like the genesis. Going forward, I don't think anything else happened. Which you know, I don't even know what happened, but I know that you know she ended up with that very high IQ, and she always was talking mom, about. You think your mom's? Think your mom an was abductee? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, to me, it's definitely in the realm of possibility. I can't explain my mom. My mom you, couldn't explain my do mom. You, do you have children, Joe? Yeah. And I have I have a daughter, and uh, she had an experience. That's what I was going to say. Um, any of your kids have any UFO experiences? Uh, she actually had a couple of experiences, but the really interesting thing was she ended up with an implant in her arm. Oh, my. When she was about 12 years old, she gouged it out. Hmm. I mean, she was bleeding. The arm was bleeding. I'm looking. And she showed me, and it was there it was. It was, a, you know, one of those little black mustard seed side, you know, uh, objects that, you know, you see pictures of them. So how it happened, what it was, I don't know. Uh, it got lost over the years, so I couldn't even get it to, uh, you know, 
the people that were, you know, really into it. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's circumstantial, but there's too much that happened to me personally. And it goes beyond the, the pale of, you know, to, yeah, what, what's the possibility of it happening? I've had, what's the worst thing that happened to you? Well, okay, the two before I went into the service, there were three events after I went into the service. One was formally reported. That was during the Apollo 11 mission. Apollo 11 touched down a couple hundred miles to the south of where Ocean Station Victor was. Okay. So, and that's where we had the three objects flying over the ship. We had them visually. Mm -hmm. We had them on radar. Yeah. And then years later, I was talking to uh, Colonel uh, Mark Brown. Mark is a uh, an Air Force colonel, and he was the mission specialist on STS-48. And STS-48 is the one where they had the camera in the bay, and somebody at a cable cable station, cable TV station, Montreal, pulled down the images of the UFOs as it flew past. Now, here is the interesting thing. Everything you see to this day, you see a couple of seconds, and that's the entire STS-48. What Mark told me, he said, well, he said, I don't know what they were. This is a direct quote. He said, however, the objects, and it was more than one object, went on, the sighting went on for over 20 minutes. And what do we see? We see 5, 10, 15 seconds, and that's it. And to this day, uh, uh, NASA, the reason I don't take NASA at its word for anything, they, to this day, they say it was nothing but frozen condensate caught in the thruster, uh, the thruster of the space shuttle. Okay, you can check it out. But if you want to see the truth, go and see the Disney video that was made in the 90s. And it even had Michael Eisner was doing the, the voiceover, you know, the talk and everything else. And if you go to minute 20 of that, you'll see Mark Brown. He's in a he's in a red golf shirt and he's got the camera on his shoulder. He told me, he said, NASA was giving them instructions what to do throughout the entire 20 minutes. And he was told to grab the large format video camera and go to the shuttle window and film these things, these objects, when they flew past. Hmm. He said he grabbed the camera, he went to the window, he said the damn things were moving so fast, he couldn't get a shot of them. Now, if you go to that video, you'll see him with the camera on his shoulder, okay? Remember, he's got a red uh, red golf shirt on. And, you know, and they're talking about the STS-48 mission. You know so NASA itself. <laughs> you know who produced that video, the the Disney video? Who? Paul Villa Deloitte, who was the producer of Hangar One, the two seasons that I was in. Really? Mufon. Yeah, yeah. He I was did like not a, know that. Among us, he was like a cult hero because we knew he did the Disney video. You know? Yeah. So okay, we felt but... we we felt like we you know, and I'll tell you something interesting. We knew we had a believer in the UFO field doing Hangar One. When I did the first MUFON series, uh, UFOs Over Earth, it was the guy uh, who did uh, Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack. And, and I asked him, do you believe in UFOs? He goes, no, I don't. And that was, that was obvious in the way he did that three-part series. He tried to debunk it. He didn't try to prove it. 
Okay, well, right. we finished off the first hour of Chasing Prophecy. Um, we're going to go to a commercial break, and um, we're going to say goodbye to Joe. Go ahead, Kick it Jason. Off. Good evening, Thank everyone. Thank you, Carnation. Thanks for having Looking me for on. Yeah, thanks for being day. on. Yeah. Be sure to start it with Carnation. Maybe some breakfast essentials or some coffee cream or whatever your choice. <laughs> Get your day started. Thank you, Carnation. Thank it's you, right. Joe, for being thanks, on. Okay. Right. Have a good one, guys. Thank you, Joe, Thank you, Joe. for being on the show. It was really interesting. You have I'll a great night. Bucks County. You too, Dick. April 29th, Bucks County. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for the first hour of Chasing Prophecy Radio. And we're going to finish our second hour on the Hinsdale House. Um, so go Yay. ahead, Jason. Tell us about what happened this weekend. The Hinsdale House happened this weekend. <laughs> well, you have the floor, <laughs> no, my dear. No, it, was, uh, it was a pretty good investigation. Um, you know, there's a lot of history of of that house dating back from the 1850s there you know there were claims of stagecoaches that was like on a pathway it used to be like a bed and breakfast where the owners or the brothers that lived there would rob people uh there, apparently there was bodies buried under the floor in the basement they found some bodies that are buried in the yard that are they have flags where they are at but they were in caskets so we're thinking that might have been a family at some point uh there's a offering tree in the woods cool. right behind the house they have stairs cut into the hill when you go up and uh the story behind that is there was a psychic that was there and she said that there was something about this one particular tree it's really big actually and they said you know this this is where you need to make an offering you know just anything a personal item or uh like tobacco for the native american spirits whatever you want so each of us put some stuff up there and uh let's see well for the beginning of the investigation sean was upstairs and we were downstairs so this house is set up if you look behind me you can see it that's the house and uh you walked in the front door into like a very small kitchen and there was a really small bedroom off to the right which is where uh what was it mike was the mike's. child's name yeah Sean? mike's was there yeah that was, that was mike's mike. room and then there was a living room and then it had like another bedroom off the side of it at one point which they tore the wall down and made it a just one bigger bed or uh, living room then the upstairs you go up the stairs this is really interesting so you go up to the top of the stairs and directly to the right's a room and directly to the left is a room and then there's another bedroom off the back side of that one. And there's no hallway. So I couldn't tell you how many times. I'm surprised none of us went down the steps. Yeah. Because. You had to step down. And step yeah, up. you had to step down the step and then get up back to go across to the other room. That's strange. But uh, we had, we posted a lot of live videos. And we were getting quite a few hits on the REM pod and tripwire. Yeah, it was interesting. Floor. You know, it was pretty good. They actually had claims of uh, uh, animal spirits there. Yeah. There was two dogs and a cat. And it was kind of interesting because at one point it seemed like we might have been communicating with them, per se. The way the trip wire was hitting, only one little, one light of it would hit. And then the REM pod was on the rocking chair. Then it would start going crazy. And it was really, really different. Uh, 
the basement was pretty quiet very creepy though yes i'll tell you that going down there was you might as well have been climbing a ladder because it's uh it was really steep i'm surprised sean didn't fall down if he did we had a plan that we were just gonna leave him there (laughs) they love me (laughs) (laughs) seriously uh, most of the like i say you know most of the uh paranormal activities on the first floor there wasn't wasn't nothing crazy now i would go back for a second round because we had the same kind of thing happen at the belair house where the Mm. first time we went there wasn't anything too too off the charts but the second time we went there we had non-stop activity right uh now the one bedroom upstairs they claim has a portal in it and in the very narrow but long closet there's a chair then they had this old school mirror on the other side and they said that's where the portal was and there were some like trigger objects there i didn't have any experiences in there until i think it was probably around eight o'clock in the morning just got to bed and i was asleep for about an hour and i had my rem pod set right in the doorway of that closet in case anything wanted to come out and i woke up to the rem pod going off for the first time in that room oh wow that's about eight a little after eight in the morning like something came out was like wake up or whatever so i was like well, well i'm up now so I might as well stay up but uh sean what did you have up there you started up there yeah on the investigation yeah i wanted to share this with you too okay um when i was up there with uh, uh ryan we were getting hits we were talking to a girl that was in that little closet up there um well no wonder i didn't get any activity you scared her away yeah but hold on dude hold on <laughs> but um what happened was she was hitting on the k2 you saw it jen didn't you yeah i saw it yeah and um captain we all thought it was mary you know the girl that lived there that that was her room come to find out mary's still alive but she had a brother i think it was michael who died and another sister who died her name was lauren um so it, it was kind of confusing going on, but we were definitely getting hits off the K2 in, in that uh, hallway. Um, and then in Mary's room, I guess that's what we called it, Mary's room, there really wasn't nothing going on in there. Um, we asked the same questions, and it, it, it just wasn't – I was not impressed, you know, to be honest with you, until I got downstairs. And then we were sitting in the living room, and um, all of a sudden, the REM pod's going off, the cat ball's going off. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, with a cat ball, it's a little ball like this. And you put it on the floor, and if there's an animal of the spirit, it, it will light it up. And that was going off in the trip bar. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. So there's a lot of activity down in the living room, mainly. Um, then they, I didn't go over there, but there was like a wall full of dolls, you know, that, that wasn't good, you know, so for me, cause I'm afraid of dolls, I don't like dolls, <laughs> yeah, that was, uh... dolls and clowns, but you know, what happened when you, when you were with Jess up there doing that EVP thing. Yeah. And you caught that, you caught oh, that. Oh yeah. I almost forgot about that. Right. But this is where I want to show you. So Jason caught an EVP up there of a girl's voice and he heard it right yeah so that kind of like solidified that we were talking to a girl in the early part of 
the investigation. That's why I wanted to tell you. Yeah, I almost forgot about that. That was uh, probably my absolute highlight of the whole investigation was doing up there, up there doing an EVP session. And I was, I was in that closet and just, she was in the room running a K2 or something and had the laser grid going. And I heard the female voice. And then I was like, wait a minute, what was that? And I was like, just, you know, yeah, I remember yeah. I was seeing like, was that. that. You? What? And I was like, okay. So I was like, we need to go review this now. So we went to review it and, sure surely enough the camera caught it and i'm sure uh, her recorder caught it it was it was a female's voice to come through but it was yeah, just cool to it. actually hear it you know like it was well, just, she heard, i heard a lot of different voices when you used the spirit box be answering your questions yeah yeah we had a bunch of uh different folks come through with that mm -hmm. it was kind of hard to pinpoint sometimes because it felt like we were talking to you know maybe maybe some male spirits and then there was like a female that would chime in and then it was somebody else yeah so it was man unique and, and you could tell because there's like two different guys i think one was like a young kid but the one was like a man and he had a really powerful voice you know mm -hmm. what i mean real strong you know um but holly has a question did anything happen when he went outside uh for me, Holly, not, nothing happened. How about you, Jason? Uh, outside was pretty calm, actually. Um, the The only creepy part, I would say, was up near the offering tree. You could kind of feel like some energy up there, but other than that, it was it was pretty pretty calm. Like I didn't feel anything out of the ordinary out there, and you know, to be afraid of or anything. I'm trying no. to see if I can pull up some pictures I could send Jenny so she could show them. Yeah. I was going to send her that one. I posted a, a little 15-second video on uh, TikTok where the REM pod's going off and it's sitting in the rocker going yeah. off by itself. Ryan was in the chair. No one yeah, was near it and it was just going off. Well, what was interesting, though, um, when, when me and Ryan, when Jason wasn't around, it was me and Ryan... Uh, talking and then I, I did a little experiment okay we we kind of like didn't give the spirit any acknowledgement at all like nothing nothing at all and about 10 minutes later everything was going off and it was mad because we were ignoring it no lie mm -hmm. no lie so what do you think wonder... of it Jen no I'm sorry I was gonna say, I wonder what the team that went in the day after us. I wonder if they caught anything. I don't know. I yeah, thought it was really interesting. I enjoyed it. Did you? I thought you got. I thought you got a lot of evidence. I mean, I heard yeah, it. I'm trying to figure I've out how to it. get you these pictures, Jenny. Um, but yeah, it, it was uh, pretty interesting. But you know, as I was like later on in the evening around. You know, Ryan came up with a good point. Now, when we were down at the Bel Air house, and that one Friday, it was a happy one. It was a happy house, you know, nothing bad. And then Saturday afternoon, it kind of like um, turned real negative, real evil. Okay, yeah. and it was just the house itself. 
with and I can't, me and him came up with a theory that is it possible, Jason, that the house with all that negativity stuff that happened around in that area, okay, is it possible that all that negative energy absorbed into the house and the house was its own entity? I mean, that's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, surely it could be possible, right? Exactly. I mean, now we don't really know for sure. Then, then I think about the Amityville Horror House. If it was the house, then there is something about maybe the houses being a certain entity, their own entity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jenny, I'm trying to send you a couple pictures uh, in the chat. I don't know where she went. Oh, did she leave? Yeah, she's not. Is John still here? John. Yeah, I'm here, but how can a house be an entity? Houses are not alive. You'd still have to have an entity in the house, a ghost, a spirit, a demon, something. Well, no, you're right. There there is ghosts in that, but it just seems like all I know is remember when we were at the Bel Air house, Saturday afternoon, that house was went from happy to the most evil nasty energy in the air it, it just it did a 180 john mm-hmm. and it did i'll never i'll never forget that but the second time we went there was even more crazy though you know which is why i would i would definitely like to give the uh hinsdale house a second go around because what if you know we were actually on like an off week for say Right. Like we were at the Belair house when we were there the first time, and then we were him hawing around about going back, and then we decided to, and then it was just absolutely insane. See, John, whenever we investigate, especially places like this, which are well known, and like Jason's saying, it's a hit or miss. I mean, yeah. Um, what was that one place before we went to the Hens deal that we didn't get nothing? Remember, and uh, we said that Crescent. we were going to come back. We went. Uh, we went to Crescent. Crescent, yeah. yeah, we didn't get nothing up there, John. Mm. But uh, like someone said up at Crescent, that like two weeks before, I mean, they were just getting so much paranormal activity; it was crazy. They seem to come and go. It's like I tell you right right now, my house it's as clean as can be. I don't mm-hmm. hear any noises. I don't hear any knocking. But there are times that I know something's here. It's that slow thumping on the wall. There's you know, you go to bed and then like in the middle of the night, there's a sonic boom in the other side, the attic at the other side of the house, you know? So I don't know. I don't, I don't know where they go. Maybe they, they get bored with me because I don't give them any attention. I kind of laugh at them or I tell them, get lost already. I want to go to bed. <laughs> well, the less attention you give them, the, you know, the more likely they are to ease up or whatever because you're not feeding into their energy. Yeah, right. they go, they exactly. go find another, go to another neighbor's house. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's what I tell a lot of people. If you ignore them, right? If you ignore them, they'll go away. You know I, I mean? do find my house with the that slow, steady knocking, you know, uh, if I don't acknowledge them, they will continue to do it. And then I'll finally just say, okay, I hear you. Get lost now. I'm watching TV. And boom, <laughs> it's gone. Right. You know, so, you know, they want to be acknowledged that, because they're probably wondering, how come this idiot can't hear it? Is he is he getting that old? He can't hear. He needs a hearing aid. So uh, you know, I'll finally say, "All right, I hear you. Get lost," and they leave. 
Well, what are we looking Jenny at? Comes back soon, so she can. I'm uh, sending you some pictures from the Hinsdale that I. What are, you, what are we looking tree. at right now? That's the offering tree. What does oh. that mean? An offering tree was that? Uh, people put that stuff in there, or is it just kind of show up on its own? No, people put stuff there. Okay. Um, they uh, when that like like Jason was saying earlier, the story behind it was there was a psychic that went to the house. And she said that that area where um, the psychic said it was good, you know, something bad or good. I forget what it was, Dave. But people There's started just some to, kind of energy yeah, about that tree that, you know, that was that, mm -hmm. that really intrigued her. And, what are the things on there? What do you have on there? I don't. Oh, my God. There was a bow and arrow. Um, oh, there was all, like kinds of all kinds of stuff. There was, I mean, there we, was we um, found like a bowl. <laughs> yeah, there was like a little coffin with uh, black agate in it. Yeah, everything. It was pretty. A lot of it's trinkets. Like a, dream, a dream catcher. Yeah, there were dream, dream catchers on yeah, there. Right there. Yeah. What is the Hinsdale House known for? Like, what is the main thing that happened there? What's it known for? So uh, was it the brothers, Sean? That were yeah, it was supposedly the in the stagecoach era, where uh, it was like almost like a bed and breakfast. And the two brothers would rob the customers and sometimes kill them and yeah. supposedly bury them under the that, uh, that was the big floor well, in the basement. What was but the name 1974? Yeah, I believe it was 1974. There was an exorcism. I think I sent you the one picture, Jenny. Let me see. I think it's the very last one. No, it's not. That's not it. I'm sorry. Uh, in the living room of this place, there was a exorcism that was that failed. Back in 1974, and they said that the whole house shook, and shortly after, the family just got up and boogied out of there because, you know, there was no getting around it. Mm. So just sitting there in that living room right next to the part of the wall where apparently this all went down was just something else. We'll just put well, it you know, way. when I read about exorcisms, if, uh, if it fails then the priest comes under attack. That's the way that works. If he can't drive that thing out, that thing then has the right to attack the priest. Now, I did hear another story about this place that uh, I think it was Nick Groff from, you know, one of the ghost shows. Mm -hmm. yeah, something that he said that uh, something dark and evil followed him from here, from the Hinsdale house. And then he had to do all kinds of cleansing stuff. And when he did it, I guess it came back. But I was going to say, but I didn't, you know, I didn't feel anything like that crazy. There, right there in that picture. Okay, you see that post on the right with like a little placard on it? Mm -hmm. That's where the exorcism took place in 1974. Mm -hmm. So we were sitting right there on the couch. Knowing that the REM pod was sitting in that rocking chair. And we had the tripwire on the floor, Ryan. Yeah, I remember that. And that's where we had a lot of activity. Hello, Ryan. Hey, look. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan was, was there. there. Come on yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> come on in the come in the chat, Ryan. Is Ryan okay. the guy that showed up in uh, Punxsutawney? Yeah, that's him. Ryan, yeah. he showed up in Punxsutawney and uh, filmed my two lectures there on Kecksburg and the Dogman. Why don't you come on in, Ryan? Um, While he's coming in, let me tell you something interesting. 
there was a group there from Legend Hunters. I think they were one of the first or second speakers. And uh, they were the one that produced that movie, The Exorcism Prayer, when they came to my house with that priest and he drove it out. And, you know, and so we were talking before the conference started. And he said, John, when we drove that out, he asked me, how's your house? I said, well, it's, it's the demon is out. He said, yeah, but it came with us. He said it was it was scratching us, it was biting us, pushing us. He lost a finger at, at an uh, accident at work that he is like I don't know exactly what happened, but he, he he felt like there was some interference with equipment, and uh, I guess I guess it it left, but it left with them, and uh, there was all kinds of things went wrong with that whole camera crew, everybody. So this stuff's all real. Good. Oh, that's that's the trip wire with the rim pod on the chair. Is that it, Jace? Oh, Is that upstairs? On. I got to get that's my screen back. My computer upstairs. just went haywire on me. Man, wait till Ryan comes in. I mean, Ryan did a good job doing our live. Yes, he did. Yeah, I like the way he did it. Yes, um, that is the GS2 laser grid accompanied by the trip wire. And I believe, I forget where the REM, I think the REM pod was actually, oh, if you could see the REM pod in the room on the right, across, you could see the little red light on it. Mm. But you see those two rooms there in that doorway on the right? Mm -hmm. That's a stairwell right there. There's oh, no wow. way to cross without stepping down in the steps and then back up. I couldn't tell you how many times my foot hit that very top step and I thought I was going down. That is interesting. Yeah, that was... <laughs> Yeah, we did get some good hits with the GS2 laser grid as well. Did you? Yeah, yeah, we had some stuff that was manifesting. Nothing super crazy, but we'll stop. Saturday, Saturday morning, Saturday morning was crazy, right? I didn't. I had no lights on my car. I mean, everything was shut off. Never used it. So everybody leaves, and I decided, okay, it's time for me to go because I had to be the last. I didn't have to be, but. Me and Jessica stayed behind. Thank you, Jessica. She she's in the chat. Um, but my car wouldn't start. Hmm. My battery went dead. Oh wow! Yes, it sucked the ghost, sucked it all out, huh? It, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I was I, I was mad. I was mad. It took what, Jessica? How long? Three hours almost. I mean, it it, it was insane. Went down, there and, went down there and bought some uh, jumper cables and another thing, and they didn't work. And all of a sudden, this guy pulls up in a tow truck, puts his thing on it, and boom, it started right up. Huh. Hasn't stalled on me yet. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Jason, what is this picture? Oh, that is a pond. That they, what year did they build that, Sean? Oh, shit. Recently. That was a man-made pond they put in. Was it back in the... Uh, I can't remember what year they said it was. But that's on the property right there. They have There's known to uh, be a woman in white that kind of, I guess, floats across the top of the water. Hmm. You can see her on a foggy night once in a while. You got any people that scuba dive that can go down and see if they find any bodies? I well, know. the bodies are actually in the, gr the ground right next to it. Like there's flags where they're the, oh okay they're buried yeah so they found them I got a picture of that somewhere 
So, but yeah, that was a pond. So they don't know for if there are bodies in there or not. Nobody knows. But I mean, seriously, there. when I went down there, like when I first got there, I was waiting for something to jump out of the water and snatch me. Honestly, <laughs> that's how that's how spooky that place was. And then at night, Hanjay, all yeah. that mist that was going across the water, it, it was. It was a scene from back in the 30s of Wolfman or Dracula, one or the other. But um, I, I, I just don't know. Now, there was another, um, there could have been another house because there was another foundation close to where the people were buried at. And so we were wondering if anything was happening over there. So, oh, yeah. Wasn't that some kind of barn though, Sean, they said? Well, I, I don't remember. Like there's so much information. Like, I'm just trying to remember as much of it as I can. I hate dolls. <laughs> oh, I do too. Dolls and clowns. Yeah, dolls um, are like an imitation of life. I hate dolls. Ryan, thanks for coming in. Hey, hey Ryan. Ryan. All right. Give the, give the mic to Ryan. He'll tell you all. Go about ahead, it. Ryan. You got the mic. You're on mute, buddy. Unmute. Unmute. Ryan, you're muted. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I just left an event, so I missed the beginning of this episode, but I had some really great experiences at the Hinsdale house. I missed if maybe some of this was said earlier, but first of all, the property is absolutely amazing. The pond and the, the tree up in the woods. You know, I think the big thing there is there's not just poltergeist activity and apparitions, but there are reports of UFOs and cryptids as well. Oh, so wow. there's so many different things happening on this property and I think I spent just as much time outside on the grounds as I did inside the house. The house itself is quite small, but it's so interesting and unique. And there's so many different crawl spaces and areas that I really wanted to go to. I think everyone would agree that we, we need to go back because one night oh, yeah, there definitely. was not enough. Right. Right. Oh, I wanted to ask you, Ryan. So I remember uh, when you were sitting up in the woods by yourself by the offering tree, you felt something behind you. So you said you turned your camera around. Did you find anything in that shot? I did. I reviewed that oh. footage and I, I'll send it to you guys at some yeah. point. But that does look like there are shapes moving from screen left. I don't know if they are bugs that are very close to the camera and are therefore distorted. It honestly doesn't look like that to me. And it was only in that one section directly behind me. So what Jason's referring to here is there was one point when I was sitting directly by the offering tree, which a picture was showed of earlier. And I was facing down the hill towards the Hinsdale house. And it was pretty calm up there, honestly. But then behind me, I just felt a presence. And I had no idea what that was. And I had my very small little dinky camera there, not my main camera live streaming rig, which was inside at the time. But I had this little IR night vision camera recording. And I just panned it around, completely facing behind me. So I couldn't see the LCD screen. I don't know what was captured there but I felt a presence there. And shortly after that, I ran back down the hill because I had to get out of those woods. <laughs> and I did review that footage and there is there's a shape moving there. So I'll send that around. Yeah, I yeah. definitely want to check that out. Definitely. That was interesting. What do you think of the tree, bud? Oh, the tree, the tree was incredible. There was so many different things there from all different paranormal groups and psychics and different people that came to visit looking at all the different Native American artifacts. There were crystals and other things like that. 
And uh, I made sure to put some tobacco up there as well. The house had some tobacco ready to go. So I took some tobacco up and made my own little yes. offering. Um, so I think that's important to do. Oh, yes. absolutely. You know, make the offering and, you know, ask them to, you know, protect you from whatever could be there and keep it there and not let it attach and come home with you. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. No. no. Jason, that's a nice picture as your background there as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll tell you what. There's the, There it is. There's that there mirror is. that's in that closet. Yeah. So that's so when I was in there, that's what I was uh, talking about earlier when I heard the female's voice, and it was an EVP that I heard out loud, and we had to go and review it. I was sitting in there from looking at the mirror like you are in the picture, and after a little while, I can't quite make out what it said. I'm going to have to do some further reviewing and check it out in my audio software, but... I heard a female's voice. It sounded like it probably came from the doorway or just on the other side. So that was pretty interesting. And then that's also the closet where I had my REM pod set up all night after, you know, everyone was, everything was starting to die down. And I had like an hour of sleep and about like eight, 10 in the morning, it just started going crazy for no reason right there in the doorway from this closet. And then that was it. Hmm. Jason, did you review the EVP that you captured there anymore? Have you been able to make any more sense of it? It's still, I need to actually get the file off of uh, Jess because she had her actual recorder running in the closet. I just had what was on my DSLR camera. So I got some camera noise in there and it's a little hard to really hone in on it. But I think with her recorder, because I have the same one and I know it has really clear audio, we should be able to hopefully make out what it said. Yeah, I, I know Sean was drawn to that closet. I also was drawn to that closet. I almost I almost slept there until Jason, oh, you laughed God. at me when I said that and thought that wasn't a good idea. So, <laughs> so I didn't. But I, I was really drawn to it. I really wanted to. Yeah, That's we got kitchen. a lot of we got a lot of activity there at the beginning. You know. And we were talking. Now, didn't we come up with the conclusion that it might have not been Mary because she's still alive, but it could have been another it could have been what was her lauren was that her name yeah there yeah, were a few lauren. siblings there were four siblings two of them passed away i believe mike and lauren passed away mary i believe is still alive but i have a few theories on that sean you did think that you were communicating with her so it's yeah. possibly that some elements of her energy was still there in the house manifesting or her consciousness was being transported back to the house even though she's still alive in whatever physical and mental state she's in today or it could have been another entity pretending to be Mary, which is True. very possible as well. Oh, yes. 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 But see what was cool about it. We had that. We we had all that going on. And then Jason picking up that EVP in the, you know what I mean? In the morning of a woman's voice or he heard it. Do you know what I mean? So that was crazy. That was, that was, that was really unique for me. And you know, the 10 years I've been, investigating because at Lake Shawnee when we were there it was the first time I caught or I seen an actual apparition with my own eyes like I saw one and now to actually hear you know uh, the spirit that, and then capture it as well is just you know super fascinating we are definitely going to go back in fact, I'll probably... yeah, Jenny I would, would you like to go with us next time no <laughs> Why not? I don't you want can to ride up there. with Sean. John, you up. John, Sean will pick scary. you up. We're inviting you to come uh, along. I don't. I don't do spirits anymore. Ah, uh, okay. See, Ryan, these other two in here don't uh, 
they're all about the UFOs, but not the ghost hunters. No, I'm about all of it, but yeah, we gotta get them out. We gotta, we get, do I don't want one piggybacking. Understandable. That doesn't <laughs> always happen, though. Yeah, it does. No. To me, it does. You, ha I feel like you have to more so let them, you know. Uh, they they pick you out for various reasons. I don't know if they give off an aura and they see something. I don't know. I, it, it was just it was just something. Um, we definitely got to go back. In fact, I have to call him to make a reservation for next year. Sean, <laughs> I, it's very interesting that you're saying we need to go back, and I, I mentioned that as well. One of the things that I heard about the house is that people that go there are drawn there. It has an attachment. The house itself has an attachment to them Thanks. that they keep yeah. being drawn back. Have any of you that were there, so so Jason or Sean, have you had dreams about it since then or anything drawing you no. back, you feel like? Uh, no, no. Um, I, I want, personally, Ryan, I want to be honest with you, is that I want to see more activity. You know, you know what you know, I mean? As, as far as me, I, I feel like there's just something about the house. I don't know if it's because of its unique shape and everything that's happened there. But I think the part that really stuck out for me personally was, you know, the living room where the exorcism happened. That's just good. just sitting there, be yeah, there. Just sitting there right next to where that happened, what, 40 years ago or some, something like that. It's just incredible. To me, a, a failed exorcism, there is no way I would go to that house. Yeah, really. Exorcism failed. I wouldn't either. Oh, wow. That means we're not in charge. It is. Kathleen, hey, Kath. Uh, she says that the house may have called to me in a dream. Mm. I mean, and it's possible. I mean, it, it's like you, you get fascinated with it. And um, I don't know. We got to go back again. Oh, absolutely. Just like, just like Crescent. We got to go back here. That place is ginormous. Kathy was in. Ryan, have uh, you been to Crescent? I have not, but I really want to go. Yeah, it was really cool. We went there, and actually, there was um, our team, and then there was another paranormal group that was there. We didn't. We I think crossed paths one time the whole evening. Yeah, I've heard it's a huge location. <laughs> yeah, it's massive. Like, so you'll get four or five buildings to investigate, and then the other crew will get like four or five, and. You know, you, it's it's impossible for that, one night to come dude, on the ground. Dude, we got to get our golf carts to go up there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Get a golf. Feet, man. <laughs> We're going to get a trailer and, and take up golf carts because yes. the, the immense amount of walking up there. <laughs> uh, Steel <laughs> City Paranormal was the other group that was there with us up in Crescent. Thanks, yeah. Jess. Did you see the message from Kathy that uh, she's never been there, but she's had dreams about the place? Yeah. Yeah, it I don't know. It's so. Cap, you want to well, go well, with here, us John? Here's time? something to think about, John. So you said uh, if the exorcism failed, that you definitely wouldn't step in there, and that means it's in control. So let's rewind a little bit. So if that's the case, the exorcism failed, the house shook, everybody—it was crazy. But over time, all these other investigators been there. Well, how come it would like pick out? I think it was Nick Groff, because, like I said, you know, the story was that something dark and heavy went followed him and he had to do all these cleansing rituals and then it disappeared and supposedly come back to the house mm. like why would it why do you think it would solo somebody out like him 
Well, I, I think that they can see something when they look at us, whether we all give off a different brightness or aura or, uh, you know, it could have been that uh, they have a intelligence network that they, they follow certain families, certain people. And when you show up, they recognize you. Yeah. they. Uh, oh, Brian, I forgot to tell you. I'm, Saturday morning after y'all left, I tried to start my car and it just would not start. The battery died. Oh, no. That's that's one of the major stories there as well is everyone's experiencing car troubles. In fact, Diana, who I believe was the one who let us into the house, was late getting there because she had car troubles coming to get us. Mm, and Roy's yeah. taillight was out. He got pulled yeah. over. Yeah. That's to get crazy. That's I, I actually weird. got pulled oh, over coming oh. back from there, too. So, <laughs> What's that? I got pulled over coming back from the house, returning to <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? So the cops must know to stake that place out. I guess so. People go up there, you know. Oh, wait. Me and Roy got pulled over by yeah, a cop because of his taillight. And the cop was more interested about us being up there investigating than he was writing a ticket. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, the road to get up there, oh, my God, it's like, huh, gravel, dirt. I mean, this house is like way back in the woods, man. Jeez. Oh, it is. It's, it is. It, it, it's I'd be really more like, worried about humans coming up to bother you. <laughs> I no. think well, they do have all the windows caged from the outside. So, oh, really? That's probably because yes. it's a popular place and they probably don't want people breaking in and, you know, destroying it, which I don't believe. Yeah. What's Kathy? So, Kathy, well, Kathy, she's going to go with you now. Cool. Kathy, Kathy, you're going to go with them? They, they're inviting you. Yeah. <laughs> It was a good time. It was a good time. She dreamt about the place. She's got to go back with you next year. I mean, there, being there, that we that we actually had legit experiences, I would definitely want to go back and see if there's more to it. You know, or maybe they'll be more comfortable with us next time, or we might catch that on week where they're it's just off the hook. That that that'd yeah, be, that'd be a good one for it because you know, like what we saw at the Belair House, Sean. You know that that was. That was unique in its own right. realm, but the Hinsdale house, I feel like, I feel like it was kind of just chillaxing for us. Like it was yeah. just like little teasers, like, here you go. Here's a little something here, a little something there. But you know, maybe if we come back, we'll get the full effect. Well, there. I thought the whole investigation was very professionally done. And I think Ryan, he, he really did a great job narrating it. And I found it to be really enjoyable. And not only did I, but others watching it with me. Um, so thank you. Really thank you for that compliment. Thank you. Yeah, I'm that. happy to do more of that live stream stuff. You know, Pittsburgh Paranormal Society does some great investigations. Jason has a ton of gear. Sean has been mentoring everyone in the Pittsburgh Paranormal community for so long. And really, the live streams are a great way to get people who are interested in these investigations, mm -hmm. but perhaps don't have the knowledge or the ability to go to these locations themselves to actually participate because we're not just showing people what we're doing. They are actively participating, asking questions that we are then repeating. They are mm -hmm. telling us things that they hear or see that we miss. So it's a very interactive and I want to do a lot more of that. Oh, you should. Cause it's I really agree. good. <laughs> now that we're figuring all that out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We kept losing what frame rates on uh Friday. We had to restart lives like four times. That was on you. Did that happen to you, uh, Ryan? No, it didn't. It didn't upstairs. So we, we were pretty good upstairs. But yeah, you need to be careful. Like those, 
you as you said it's a very remote location so yeah. it's quite hard to get service you definitely need to have a, a good strong connection yeah yeah there was no cell phone service or anything you had to be tied into the internet so to their internet yeah what do you think about what jessica is saying here jessica wolf that if you're dreaming about the house it's reaching out to you like it's reaching out to kathy wilson Mm -hmm. possibility i mean is that possible or that is is it like one of those things where you're interested in it you did some research on it and now you're just subconsciously so excited about it that it leads to dreams about it. Kathleen, have you did you do research on it and you've never been there before and you dreamt of it? That's kind of strange. But if you if you didn't, especially if you didn't do any research on it, well, it yeah, just shows the power be... of the mind. You know, it's you know you're thinking the... about it and then it it True. knows that you're thinking about it. Right. But <clears throat> didn't we talk about this, Ryan? Where we think most of the, the house was a separate entity, something. Remember when we talked about that? Sure. So Can there's a couple of different it? theories about the Hinsdale house. One is that it's the property itself dating back perhaps centuries that is actually the source of the entity, whether there are ley lines there or some other sources of energy or trauma in the past. The other theory is that it's literally the house itself and the house is an entity of its own. There's a lot of people that talk about when they talk about the activity that happens there, they don't say, for example, I dreamed about the spirits there or the spirits are calling me. They say the house is calling me or the house did X or Y. So that's something that they're subconsciously referring to the house as an entity. And there's theories that that may be the case. Well, I can see that happening. Oh, yeah, It, it, it was good. But we got to get John on an investigation with us. You got to come gonna up, go. dude. Come I'm on. a scaredy cat with, with Jenny. ghosts. No, what's there to be afraid of? My God. Because I attach to you. They can no, go they don't. You. Where are you yeah. getting at? Where they you come home. It happened to me, Sean. It happened to me. I got sick the next day. I had something here for years. Holy crap. <laughs> Did anything attach to you, Ryan, from the Hinsdale house? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm. I, I've never had an attachment, and I would. I, I mean, I, it'd be terrible to have that, right? But I'm interested right. in the experience to know what it's like. So maybe uh, one of these days. Well, well when I, you go I there, ask kinda, it to come home with you and see if it's I can kind of relate on something because, uh, as I've mentioned before, the woods next to my house are haunted, right? Well, I actually had a spirit follow me over from the woods, and I actually got his name out of it. The whole oh ordeal. And then uh, I talked to my neighbor about it, who's lived next door for his entire life. And he knew everything that's ever happened up in this neighborhood. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's uh, so-and-so. And And I'm like, oh. I just got my best offer to go. (laughs) Kathy Wilson wants me to go. Thank you, Kathy. Now now I'm getting enticed. (laughs) No, enticed. No, you're put on the spot right now, brother. Because she says I know how to get rid of it, which I do know how to uh, get rid of it. But then again, you know, that's like on the fence because, you know, do you, I mean, do you want to get rid of it? Yes. Or then. Why would you want it? <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying because that, that's that guy's moneymaker up there. You know what I mean? And yeah. so if someone like, what's she do down the Bel Air house? She has 13 portals open, supposedly. Yeah. And she has strict rules. Do not close any portals yes 
I thought she said don't open any new portals. No, 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 no. Close. Yeah, Close. I don't remember anything about opening, but so that's her money maker. She wants them to stay open. Of course. Well, it's kind of like an attraction if you think yeah. about it, because the, if a place is that haunted, how many ghost hunting teams are out there that are, you know, we're going. We wanted this. We want to experience this. You know, it's like opening a can of Pringles. You want your pop, you can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I did ask that lady. What was her name? The one that let us in. She. I uh, think Diana Mary. and then Addison Diana. was there as well. Yes. Right. I asked her who. What was the farthest place that a person traveled from to come here? And she said France. It came mm-hmm. from France. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. That's saying something, if you ask me. Right. And you know I what? Mean, and and the best thing was too about it. Uh, I think they would have groups of six, and the pricing that they charge for the evening was more than fair compared to some of the other investigations yes. that are out there. Exactly. Uh, with with the caliber of the Hinsdale House and the notoriety that it has of how haunted it is, you know they are more than accommodating. They have merch, merchandise, you know, snacks and stuff. The, you know, they just ask, you know, for a small donation to help keep it going. So really nice people, really nice and accommodating. And I think one of the best things about it is this house was in danger of being torn down. And now yes. it's history being preserved. And I think the paranormal community has a huge role to play in preserving these historic properties that would otherwise be torn down and lost to time. And if something was occurring there, that could have been lost forever. And now it's researched and investigated, and that history lives on for generations to come. And that's very important and powerful. That's some way to look at it. I th- Irene Tokura makes an interesting point here that she believes the wandering spirits should find peace and harmony in heaven, and they don't belong. They don't belong here with us. So what, should, should we be helping my, them my move response, on? My response to Irene is. Think about it, Irene. When we were being raised, I know when I was being raised, if you committed to sin, they told you you were going to hell. All right. So if you have that thought process in your mind, right? Um, so you die and you see the light open up, and you're like, no, I'm not going here because I sinned. So I'm going to hell. So I'm staying here. Interesting. Well, do you think that if they were going to to hell, there would be a light? When, uh, from what I've experienced, okay, is that you when just described the movie Poltergeist. That that little woman in the Poltergeist screwed everybody up when she said, <laughs> yeah. "Don't go to the light. Don't, don't go to the." What do you mean? We're supposed to go to the light. Yeah, <laughs> Sean, don't go. She to messed the light. us all up. Yeah, but you know, so from what I understand. And through talking to other people is when you die, you see the light, right? Um, but a lot of people are just afraid that if they do go there, they're going to hell. Well, you know what, Sean? Remember, uh, I don't know if you remember, but it, it might have been a month or a couple months ago where we were talking to something along, you know, souls and spirits and, you know, energy. And I had the question, and I, I still don't fully know, is what if – like essentially your spirit energy is different from what your soul is. Like say you pass away and your soul goes to heaven or hell, but energy is not created nor destroyed. It's only transferred. So your energy that was, you know, physical energy or whatever is your, you know, what's haunting houses or whatever. I mean, is that possible? Um, Like I, I was just a question that I've, 
No, it that's pretty interesting questions. I'd have to look into it. Ryan, do you have any, uh, do you have any, you, know, uh, you got your soul, but then you got the energy that can't be created or destroyed is transferred. So where does that go? Yeah. I you think know? there's a lot of this deals with the difference between a residual haunting and an intelligent haunting, right? You could have an actual consciousness that is still trapped in a location that is interacting with you with knowledge and knows what you're saying, or you could potentially have a residual haunting that is just time or energy captured into the, the stone or the wood of the building that is replaying the past on a pattern on a loop. Um, so there's two different ways to look at it. There could be other methods there as well. But we're using the words hauntings or spirits to refer to these things that could very well be very different. Well, you know, most people feel like they have two people inside them, right? There's the good side, the bad side. So maybe your soul, you know, is its own entity and mind, and then you are your own also. So maybe what Jay's saying is correct. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Why, why? Only one way for us to all find out. I was trying to ask you a question the other night, and I asked you why when you were talking to um, I don't know who it was one of the one of the um, rooms. I said, why don't you ask them if they want to help crossing over? But you didn't answer me. Why don't you ask that question? Because maybe they just can't do it themselves. They need help. A lot of people do need help. Yeah, a lot of them need help because a lot so of them come don't want to go. Why didn't, did you ever ask them if you, they wanted help crossing over? Not, not at that house. Again, that, that's that dude's moneymaker. And I cannot, I can't do that. But that's like slavery. We, we got them trapped there so we can make money yeah. on weekends. You yeah. know? It, um, I, I just went on an investigation up there, man. <laughs> if they wanted to cross, I'm sure I would help them cross. But I'm, that's not my call because it's not my business. Can you imagine if everybody came in and cleared all those spirits hot? And this, the Hemsdale house would be just another. Well, maybe they wanted to get crossed over, but they wouldn't. You wouldn't even. But then the spirits this. would be happy. Ryan, do you, you remember how many? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. How many spirits were there from the spirit box? I can't remember. Was it like five or seven or something? Yeah, it, it gave us a. It gave us an. I think it said five when we were in the basement. Um, but that could possibly there could be others in the house that. For example, weren't in the basement at that moment. Yeah, yeah. I think at first floor had said five or seven as well. So that was, um, yeah. Right and one of the theories there. was if this is a portal or there are portals there, spirits could be coming and going at all times. There could be a constant churn of who is there, how many there are. Maybe some live there and stay there, but others could be transient. Yeah, right. there's a lot That's of where vacation. That's the vacation spot. It could belong to the Hilton Grand Vacations. Like I said, it's a great property. I understand why they go there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I mean, for as small as that house was, it was like, it's like, wow, I could, I could see myself living there. You know, even at the Hensdale like, house, super, yeah, want to live yeah. there. I'll sure. tell you what, the equipment Jason has and the equipment Ryan has, it took up half the house. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how small this house is. Honest <laughs> to gosh. What's Kathleen say, right? Even if someone tried to cross them over, who's to say they can't or wouldn't just come back if they wanted? Yeah. Ah, that's true. It's all questions we don't know in this, uh, this right. world. The only way, the only way I find out, Russ said it. He said the only way that you're going to find out is when you die. Yeah, through the eyes of death, you'll know the truth. Right. So 
I'm looking forward to it, really, to be honest with you. Well, nice knowing you, Pat. I'll see you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to deliberately go out there and try, but when it happens, it's going to be interesting. So, but, you know, so, so Sean, when you die, are you going to stay here or are you going to like, are you going to stay like in your house, the haunted like Hinsdale, or are you going to go to the light or the darkness? Are I'm just going to go follow the entity? Go. I ain't going into the light. I want to go places. I have a list this freaking long who I want to haunt before, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's long. There's like a hundred names on that, John, wow. that I want to haunt. You know, so nah, I ain't gonna like. I'm just gonna go haunt people. That, you know, uh, I put my headstone in already in the cemetery right next to the house, and on the bottom line of my headstone it says, "I can see my house from here." <laughs> oh jeez! Oh my! Did you really? But, yeah, did... that's what it says. So did whoever you... gets this house next is gonna wander and see that there and say, "Holy shit! That's that's talking about our house." <laughs> Um, but it, it was a good investigation, and uh, we're def I'm def definitely going back. And Ryan, we're going to have a lot more, um, <clears throat> a lot more live shows. Absolutely, definitely you should. Ryan, mm -hmm. when when Ryan was done, he drove all the way over to Jefferson County to Punxsutawney to film the uh, conference there. So, what'd you think about the Bigfoot Paranormal Conference that you went to? That was great. It was actually my first time in Punxsutawney. I definitely need to go back there. John, your talk was very interesting. First, the one you did on Dogman, and mm -hmm. then the combination talk you did with Gary on the Kexburg, in Kexburg incident. Yeah. I had to leave shortly after that, so I didn't see the rest of the speakers, but really great events. Those talks that I recorded are online on the Pittsburgh Paranormal Society page. Yeah. I was able to live stream those out as well. And I think that's really important to do because there were a bunch of people there but only a, only a few dozen were actually able to hear everything that was being said. Mm. But now by live streaming and recording, that can exist forever. And hundreds or thousands of people can experience the talk that John gave. Because that's important knowledge that I think we need to get out there. Yeah. No, it was a good event. Uh, I sold 27 books, so it worked out pretty good. Well, that's good. <laughs> now, we got to get Jenny live streamed at a UFO conference. Or <laughs> yeah, something right. Like that. Yeah. yeah, that's another thing for any listeners that are curious curious how our investigation went. Be sure to check out the Pittsburgh Paranormal Society page and then uh, actually my page as well. We had two streams going for... Yes, they were very interesting. So I we were trying to catch all angles that we could. And uh, you know, just check it out. See what you think. Leave a comment. Yeah. And if you're interested in being a paranormal investigator, you can contact Sean Kelly at Pittsburgh Paranormal Society. Yeah. Yeah. Or Jason or Ryan or, you know, get John on. Yeah, Irene, I am a practicing Catholic. <laughs> well, she and made a, a comment about she follows Shinto and they have mm -hmm. different views. And, you know, and I, I believe that's probably views of reincarnation. Yeah. Hmm. But it is the witching hour. Which is a pitch for our sponsor, Carnation. Yeah, well, we did that. We already did that, John. Oh, we did it twice. Me and my new Bill, boyfriend. Bill him, Bill him again. <laughs> oh, my. oh, yeah. That thing is yeah. huge. <laughs> He's oh my, my friend. God. Do you cuddle From with Canada? him tonight, Jenny, before you get a baby? I'm going to cuddle with him. <laughs> oh, my God. I also have a baby, too. Oh, no. Oh my god. Get a baby. Oh my. 
No comment. Anyways, no comment. That's not no nice. comment. <laughs> it's a very nice one. I get I get to say good night to Dracul over here. Where is he? Oh yeah. Oh, that hand, right, right, right there. <laughs> yeah, right, With like Dracul, Brian Dracul is me. Good night. I'm saving. Oh, Jay, uh, Sean, what's your show about tonight? The Hensdale House. Oh, that's good. Yeah. What are you going to talk about that you didn't cover in here? Well, well, he saved all the don't... good stuff. There's, yeah, I have my own separate views about it. But... Yeah. Are you going to show well, your pictures? Well, just the one, nah. I don't know what, honestly, when it, when it is my show, I give a topic, Hensdale House, but I might spend three minutes on it, and I just say whatever I want to say, you know, talk okay. about whatever I want to talk about, and so, but thank you for asking. Into the night, 11 o'clock, no, I'm sorry, 11.10 p.m. 11.10? 10. <laughs> 11.10 In 13 PM. minutes. In 13 minutes. Well, Enough time for a bathroom break for everyone. Get a snack, get a drink, <laughs> settle in for Into the Night. Definitely. Go to bed. Definitely. Okay. Well, you have any any other investigations coming up? Right now, no. Not it's that spooky I Spooky season, Sean. Come on, get some stuff booked. I know Halloween's that, uh, coming up, so you have to get uh, do a live Halloween. Well, we will, we'll find some place to go. Okay. You know. Well, thanks oh, we're for gonna, oh, 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 real quick. What? 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 We are going to be doing Demarco's again, Jay. He he sent oh. me a message asking the twenty eighth. In the 29th of October. There you go. So. Well, thank you all for joining us tonight, and thank you for your questions. We'll see you again next week. Yes, thank you for joining us Torture Tuesday. Thank you, Ryan, for popping in. We appreciate yes, it. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Ryan. You're, you do a great thank job. Thank you, Ryan. Anytime. Thank you, Ryan. Places. 